good morning, good afternoon, good evening, esteemed family. Depending on wherever you are connected from, welcome to Inspire by the Web Global Times of Devotion. First of all, I would like to use this opportunity to thank esteemed Sister Makama for this opportunity to lead in this session. Thank you so much, Ma. God bless you. And I love you so dearly. Esteemed family, right away, we'll move to our prayer segment. <laughs> and we are still praying and interceding for the nations of the world. We we'll pray especially for the leaders, because if the leaders are not guided by God, if the leaders are not guided by wisdom, they will take decisions that will affect the people. So we'll pray for the leaders that those who are not yet saved, salvation will come to them for them to be saved. That the leaders will be guided by wisdom, not foolishness. That they won't be tossed to and fro by the World Economic Forum, the World Bank, the IMF, and all these other deep state institutions. Esteemed family, pray that the presidents, governors, prime ministers, kings, queens, the cabinet ministers of the various countries, that they are guided by wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to lead the people and their nations according to God's will and plan for the nations. Esteemed family, we pray and declare peace peace and prosperity all over the nations of the world, on the economy of the nations, that the economies are flourishing like never before. Esteemed family, depending on wherever you are connected from, kindly unmute your mic and intercede fervently. Thank you. 
Sakabaya, 
foolishly and they are not tossed to and fro by the deep state organizations like the IMF, the World Bank, the World Economic Forum to put their people in subject poverty. We pray that these leaders, they know the will of God concerning their various nations and they fulfill it in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we pray and declare peace peace and prosperity all over the nations of the world. We declare that the nations are peaceful. We come against unnecessary confrontation between one nation and the other. We come against any form of terrorism. We come against any form of using of arms and ammunition to cause distractions. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. We pray for the unhindered spread of the gospel in every nation. In this year of the prolific church, the leaders are being saved. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit himself, the Lord of the harvest, he is raising men and women among the presidents of the nations who preach the gospel to them and get them born again. We'll be seeing a lot of presidents, a lot of prime ministers, giving their life to Christ, openly confessing the lordship of, of the lordship of God upon their lives. Using the rhapsodies, using the rhapsodies in their offices, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is spreading like never before, from the east to the west, in every town, in every village, in every capital city, on hinder spread of the gospel, mighty men and women are being raised to take this gospel to the various ends of the world. The church is indeed prolific in this year, prolific in all manifestations. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for an answered prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Once again, I'd like to use this opportunity to thank esteemed Sister Makama for this opportunity to lead in this session of intercession prayers. Thank you so much, Ma. God bless you, and I love you so dearly. I also want to thank the prayer team, esteemed Pastor Deborah Ma, esteemed Dr. Sister Kelvin Erisma, and esteemed Sister Peace for this opportunity. Esteemed family, thank each and every one of you for willing yourselves once again to intercede for the nations of the world, for the leaders declaring peace and salvation upon these leaders. God bless each and every one of you, and I love you all so dearly. Enjoy every aspect of the devotion, esteemed family right now we are be handing over to the worship team esteemed sister glenn's to lead us in the worship segment over to you esteemed ma god bless you your family Lord, you mean to me more than everything the world can quantify you for anything. Lord, you're magnificently reigning me. 
oh Lord, I just want to love you more, Lord, you mean to me more than everything, no words can quantify you for anything, Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you, Lord. Lord, you mean to me more than everything. No word can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Lord, you mean to me more than everything. No word can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you, Lord. Lord, you mean to me more than everything. No word can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Lord, you mean to me more than everything. No word can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. 
Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you, Lord. You mean to me more than everything. No words can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Lord, you mean to me more than everything. No word can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you. Yes, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just love to love you, Lord. You mean to me more than everything. No word can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Lord. You mean to me more than everything. No word can quantify you for anything. Lord, you magnificently reign in me. Oh Lord, I just want to love you more. Yes. 
just love to love you yes i love you lord i love you lord i just love to love you yes i love you lord i love you lord Malishiribosunda <laughs> We just love to love you, O Lord. We just love to love you, O Father. We love you. We love the way you love us. We love the way you father us. You are the greatest. You are the mightiest. You are the most glorious. You are the most beautiful. You are the most magnificent, O God. You mean to us more than everything. You mean to us more than the world can give. You mean to us more than words can express. You're indescribable in your love. You're indescribable in your ways. King of glory, we love you. Our father, you are our father. You are our father. You are our friend. You are our God, you are our king. You are everything we need you to be at any time. We love you. And we love to love you. We have confidence in your unfailing love for us. We know that you are for us. We know that nothing can take us away from your love. We know. We know. That though the pressures of this world, the challenges of this world press us on every side, that you are for us, that you are for us. We are assured that you cannot turn your back on us. We love you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for calling us into sonship. Thank you for calling us into love. Thank you. Oh, what manner of love is this? What manner of love is this? Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have worshipped. Amen. Glory to God. Ah. Thank you, dear esteemed Sister Glennis, for that amazing time of worship. Thank you, dear esteemed Sister Tina, for the times of intercessory prayer. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, esteemed family, depending on wherever you are connected from at this moment. I welcome everyone once again to another session of the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord, our Father, and with ourselves as brethren. Glory to God. I want to thank especially dear esteemed sister Amakama for this amazing opportunity to take today's Rhapsody of Reality Review. 
while I am just standing in for her, I believe so strongly that she will be here momentarily. Esteemed family, I, I, I don't know if when the worship was going on, you were meditating on the words, the lyrics of that song. You know, there's this one that says that no word can, no, no word can quantify you for anything. You see, God is indescribable. I don't know. <laughs> you want to you want to describe him as a father? Then he, he, he now, he now, you know, you know, start to see that he is more than that. You want to describe him as a friend? Then you now start to see that he is more than that. He, he, there is, there is no word that can that can say that this is who he is. So what what he does is that he becomes the I am. He is the I am. So for every situation, for every circumstances of life, for any point you need him to be anything, he is I am. He becomes the one who becomes. So you want to, you, you're looking at this reverential God, you know, when, 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 you're, when you're being victimized, when you're being accused. You've looked around you, you said, no, I need God, you know, you're looking for this person, you're looking for this, this awesome, mighty warrior. And then you go to him as God, because no one can stand him. No one can withstand him, no one can challenge him. And then you find yourself sad. You, you find yourself in this in, in a conundrum. You don't know what to do. You're, you're confused. You're sad. There is so much that you're dealing with. Then you remember him as your confidant. He is your friend. You go to him. You pour out your heart. You know, he's that one that will never, ever bring your matter to the table. As you're talking to him, he's telling you, don't worry. I know I've sorted it all out. It's all out. I've made a way for you where there seems to be no way. You know, before you came, I had seen this thing. I, I, I foresaw it. So I made sure that all steps were aligned for you to come out of it. Just imagine that assurance. Do you know he can be your spouse? He can be that spouse. You don't have to be a widow or a widower for God to be your spouse. Because sometimes that your husband, the wife might not want to listen. They are all wrapped up in their head. And then you go to him. You say, God, before I met this person, you were the one who was in a relationship with me. You showed me so much love. You showed me so much love. Then you gave me this person to witness, to be a companion to me in life. Why is this person hurting me? And he says, it's enough. Don't cry. Everything is all right. And then he goes talking to that person. Because sometimes it's not every matter that we quarrel about. It's not everything you nag about. See, it is not every battle you fight. Many of us that are married, you know that there are some issues. See, they say, hey, talk about it. You have to talk about it. You have to. The person you're talking to is not listening to you. What are you trying to say? The person is in their head. 
There are so many things that they are dealing with that are not communicating rightly. At that point, what do you do? Because if you talk, you're just going to make matters worse. Is it that you're not understanding or you're not loving or you're not being sensitive? So do you pour fire into a fall just because you want to say something? You go to the person's maker. You go to the person, the, the, you go to the one whom the person receives instruction from. You call him in the spirit. You go to the father. At that point, he takes the position of that person in your life. You say, God, before I married a physical husband, you were the one who was in a relationship with me. You were the one, everything he is doing, you were doing it. So I knew, I knew that you're my first love. You're my first love. You are the first love of my life. And you gave me this man or this woman. Why is he hurting me? Make me, show me the things I need to know to understand the things that he is not saying or she is not saying. Help me to understand better. Help him to communicate better. There is so much in the love of the Father. It is indescribable. There is so much. You don't argue with your siblings. You don't quarrel. You don't force people to do things. You go to the person that will talk to them. I, I don't, I, you know, you know I, I, I find it, you know, very, very confusing when we have the solution and yet everybody's running around looking for a solution that they have. Man is a free moral agent. There has never been anywhere it is recorded that you can overwhelm the will of a man physically. But then, man is a spirit. God is a spirit. And it is a spirit that is at work in a man. If you have problems with a man, do you go to the man? Or do you go to the spirit that is at work in him? It cuts across business partners, customers, parents, siblings, friends, bosses, colleagues. Every, you see that every part of your life, in your eon, you have control. You have power. If you know how to operate it, how to channel the power, how to utilize the power that you have. Glory to God. Pastor is talking to us today. And the theme scripture for today's, uh, sorry, the, the title of today's rhapsody is The Power Rests with Us. You have the power, it is resident in you. Theme scripture for today is taken from Matthew 28, verse 18. And the Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Immediately after the Lord Jesus made the extraordinary statement in our theme verse, he charged us to go into every man's world on account of 
all power that has been given unto him and preach the gospel to every creature. We are the extension of his kingdom, of his reign and rulership in the earth. It's part of the reason he charged us to pray. He said in Luke 18:1, men ought always to pray and not give up. He wants us to be relentless and persistent in prayer and effect changes in our world and in the lives of men everywhere. He charged us with a responsibility and gave us the authority to transform our world. The, uh, okay. He knew that we would contend with evil forces, so he gave us dominion over them. We have the right arsenal, the name of Jesus and the word of God on our lips. The word of God on our lips to deal with demoniacal forces. The word of God on our lips. Do you know, I, 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 I'm asking, why is it that this particular um, sentence did not say the word of God in our hearts? Think about it. Because when we know, we speak. You find that one of the prevalent aspects of knowing is communicating what you already know. You cannot preach with the word of God in your heart. The word of God must rise from your heart to your lips. So the word, the power, the power, the power of God that is resident in you must go beyond being. No, I'm resting because you have to go beyond knowing what you have to effectively utilizing what you have. When you observe, for example, that things are going weary in your nation, get to praying fervently in the spirit. Rebuke Satan and his cohorts of darkness responsible for deception, hardship, hardships and wickedness and reassign angels to take charge where they had held sway. Pray often like this to hinder the works of darkness in your nation and around the world, hallelujah. This brings me to something that was, you know, it was heavy with me yesterday. Right now that we're in this devotion, we usually get to a number, we usually get to 100 and something. But when we are making prayers for nations, prayers for Nigeria, prayers for the nations of the world, you find that it's always between 22, 28, 30. It's about 20, 25% of the people that log in every day for the devotion that gets to pray for their nation. So basically, it's just about you. You come in, you take for yourself and you're good. Yesterday, there was a prayer that was made when we were praying for, for nations that esteem systematic handled that we have not made that kind of prayer for nations in a very 
very, very long time. As a matter of fact, the only place we have prayed that kind of prayer is in the Prayer for Nigeria platform. Coming together to pray for nation, we have not made that kind of prayer. Where we sit and pray for the needy. Now we're not praying just for the needy. We are praying for the people who are exploiting the needy. I don't know if people, if, if, if anyone has taken an interest to study modern day slavery and the parameters and rudiments of human trafficking. It is not the people who are affluent in their offices or in their business places that are trafficked. It is usually the homeless, the mentally unstable, those who are, who are depressed, those who are out on the streets, the poor, they are the ones that people use to turn profit. When we talk about black market organ sales, it is not the person who is in his house with a security dog and electric fence whose organ is harvested. It is the people who are out there on the streets without help. It is the helpless, the needy, and the poor. They are the ones. I remember a time, I know that children are connected here, so I'm, I'm going to be saying some things that I'm using, I'm going to be deliberately using words that will fly over their head. But I remember a time that someone wrote a paper that I read about the Eastern European Red Room. You might want to check that out. It is an underground prostitution ring where people log in live to watch people do those kind of things all around the world. Now, these women are kept in cages, in cages, cages like animals. So depending on, you know, they go around as if they are selling chicken. The video goes around like they're selling chicken. So the person that is online will pay for anybody that they like. And they will open the cage and bring one person out. Now, the people that are in these cages are women from the ages of six, six years old. I purposely use the word women. From the ages of six to 18. Now, somebody somewhere pays online and the person is brought out and they start to video certain kind of acts. Do you think that that child was in a gated house with electric fence and dogs and somebody came into there and picked her and trafficked her for that? Child of God, you need to pray. That is why it is essential that you're not just coming to take for yourself and your family. You need to pray for those people out there. You need to utilize the power that you have. You need to go out there and evangelize. Do the ministry and do the word. Because there are people that need to be saved. There are people who are selling children. They are not selling children to put them in homes. 
to be adopted and be taken care of. No, they are selling children like they are selling animals, like they are selling dogs. They are indentured servants, indentured children who has grown up to be indentured adults. They are slaves in 2023. Are you praying? Do you even remember? Do you know that such a thing happens? People are sold every day. They have them in cages. They bring them out. They have a customer list. This person needs a liver. This person needs a kidney. This person needs a heart. This person needs a head. This person needs ovaries. They have a customer list. As if they are making order for steak and venison. They bring out somebody God created in his own image. Put him on the table like you would ordinarily put a goat. Slaughter. Kill, butcher, put in coolers and dispatch for sales. Child of God, are you, are you crying yet in prayer? Are you praying? Or is it okay if you connect in the mornings because you're having a busy day? Prayer is 9.30 p.m. GMT plus one. You cannot but pray. You cannot but pray. Because God is holding us responsible for our nations in times such as this. If you've not been praying, today is a good time to start. We are praying for Nigeria, 2.45 p.m. We are praying for the nations of the world, 9.30 p.m. All times are in GMT plus one. God bless you, esteemed family, for being part of today's Rhapsody of Reality devotion. And I, I apologize for deviating into, into that. But the spirit of God is calling us to higher places. Come up hither. Thank you, dear esteemed Sister Makama, for this amazing opportunity. God bless you. I will now hand over to dear esteemed Pastor Inima, who will take us in the further studies. Over to you, esteemed Pastor Ma. God bless you, Ma. Thank you, esteemed Dr. Kevin Harris. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on where you are connecting from at the moment, we are going over to the New Testament reading for today's devotion. Sorry, we are going over the Bible study reading for today's devotion. And I'll start with the further studies of the Rhapsody of Realities. Praise God. Luke 18.1 says, And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Praise the Lord. Please let's take the prayer together. Dear Father, thank you for the authority in the name of Jesus to enforce your will in the earth and in the lives of men. Your name is glorified in all the earth and your kingdom is exalted. Thank you 
for pouring down righteousness and salvation upon the nations. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are going over to the New Testament reading for today's devotion. And we are still in the book of John. John chapter 7, start from 25. Praise God. That's when some of the people of Jerusalem said, isn't this the one they were out to kill? I hear he is out in the open, saying whatever pleases him, and no one stopping him. Could it be that the rulers know that he is in fact the Messiah? And yet we know where this man came from. The Messiah is going to come out of nowhere. Nobody's going to know where he comes from. That provokes Jesus, who was teaching in the temple, to cry out, yes, you think you know me and where I'm from, but that's not where I'm from. I didn't set myself up in business. My true origin is in the one who sent me. I don't know him at all. I come from him. That's how I know him. He sent me here. We were looking for a way to arrest him, but not a hand was laid on him, was laid on him because it wasn't yet God's time. Many from the crowd committed themselves in faith to him, saying, Will the Messiah, when he comes, provide better or more convincing evidence than this? The Pharisees, alarmed at this seditious undertow, going through the crowd, teamed up with the high priests and sent their police to arrest him. Jesus rebuffed them. I am with you only a short time. Then I go on to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you won't find me. Where I am, you can't come. You just put your heads together. Where do you think is going that we won't be able to find him? Do you think he's about to travel to the Greek world to teach the Jews? What's he talking about anyway? You will look for me, but you won't find me. And where I am, you can't come. On the final and climatic day of the feast, Jesus took his stand. He crowd out. If anyone tests, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will bring and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. Just as the scripture says, he said this in regard to the spirits. Whom those who believed in him were about to receive. The spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Those in the crowd who heard these words were saying, this has to be the prophet. Others said, he is the Messiah. But others were saying, the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Don't the scripture tells us that the Messiah comes from David's line and from Bethlehem, David's village. So there was a split in the crowd over him. Some went so far as wanting to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him. That's when the temple police reported back to the high priests and Pharisees, who demanded, why didn't you bring him with you? The police answered, have you heard the way he talks? We've never heard anyone speak like this man. The Pharisees said, are you carried away like the rest of the rabble? You don't see any of the leaders believing in him, do you? Or any from the Pharisee? It's only the crowd. 
ignorance of God's law that is taken in by him and damned. Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus earlier and was both a ruler and a Pharisee, spoke up. Does our Lord decide about a man's guilt without first listening to him and finding out what he's doing? But they cut him off. Are you also campaigning for the Galilean? Examine the evidence. See if any prophet ever comes from Galilee. Then they all went home. Chapter 8. Caption. To throw the stone. Jesus went across to Mount Olives, but he was soon back in the temple again. Swarms of people came to him. He sat down and taught them. The religion scholars and Pharisees led in a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. He stood out in plain sight of everyone and said, Teacher, this woman was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. Moses in the law gives orders to sue such a person. What do you see? They were trying to trap him into saying something incriminating so they could bring charges against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the dead. He kept at him, bargaining him. He straightened up and said, The sinless one among you, go first, throw the stone. Bending down again, he wrote some more in the depths. Hearing that, they walked away, one after another. Beginning with the oldest, the woman was left alone. Jesus stood up and spoke to her. Woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? No one, master. Neither do I, said Jesus. Go on your way. From now on, don't sin. Notes, John 7, 53 to 8. The portion, sorry. This comes to the end of this New Testament reading. I'll say a big thank you to Esteem Samaka for this opportunity. Do have a prolific day, everyone. God bless you, and I love you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Old Testament segment of our one-year Bible reading plan. And um, thank you so much for being a part of this devotion on a daily basis. Thank you, esteemed Sister Amaka, for this opportunity. So, and thank you, Pastor Dapadula, for sharing the scriptures on the screen. So today we'll be reading the book of First Kings chapter 18 and 19. Yesterday we looked at the prophet Elijah and um, the woman of Zarephath. We ended with um, how he was able to raise the son of the woman back to life. So today we are continuing with prophet Elijah. Hallelujah. And um, we'll see how he met Ahab and Jezebel's threat, and now Elijah fled into the wilderness. It's an interesting read, so kindly join with me as we look at these two chapters. Praise God. Verse 1, a long time passed. Then God's word came to Elijah. 
the drought was now in its third year, a message, go and present yourself to Ahab. I'm about to make it rain on the country. Elijah set out to present himself to Ahab. The drought in Samaria at the time was most severe. Ahab called for Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah feared God, was very devout. Earlier, when Jezebel had tried to kill off all the prophets of God, Obadiah had hidden away a hundred of them in two caves, 50 in a cave, and then supplied them with food and water. Ahab ordered Obadiah, go through the country, locate every spring and every stream. Let's see if we can find enough grass to keep our horses and mules from dying. So they divided the country between them for the search. Ahab went one way, Obadiah the other. Obadiah went his way, and suddenly there he was, Elijah. Obadiah fell on his knees, bowing in reverence, and exclaimed, Is this really you, my master Elijah? Yes, said Elijah, the real me. Now go and tell your boss, I have seen Elijah. But I said, but what have I done to deserve this? Ahab will kill me. As surely as your God lives, there isn't a country or kingdom where my master hasn't sent out search parties looking for you. And if they said we can't find him, we have looked high and low, he would make that country or kingdom swear that you were not to be found. And now you are telling me, go and tell your master, Elijah is found. The minute I leave you, the spirit of God will whisk you. So God will whisk you away to who knows where. And when I report to Ahab, you would have disappeared and Ahab will kill me. And I have served God devoutly since I was a boy. Hasn't anyone told you what I did when Jezebel was out to kill the prophets of God? How I risked my life by hiding a hundred of them, 50 to a cave, and made sure they got food and water. And now you are telling me to draw attention to myself by announcing to my master, Elijah has been found. Why? He will kill me for sure, Elijah said, as surely as God of the angel army lives. As surely as God of the angel army lives. And before whom I take my stand, I will meet your, with your master face to face this very day. So Abadiah went straight to Ahab and told him, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. So this, the moment Ahab saw Elijah, he said, so it is you, the old troublemaker. It is not I who has caused trouble in Israel, said Elijah, but you and your governments. You have dumped God's ways and commands and run off after the local gods, the bounds. Here is what I want you to do. Assemble everyone in Israel at Mount Carmel and make sure that the special pets of Jezebel, the 450 prophets, of the local gods, the bows, and the 400 prophets of the hog, um, the hog goddess, Asherah, are there. So they have summoned everyone in Israel, particularly the prophets, to Mount Carmel. Elijah challenged the people. How long are you going to sit on the fence? If God is the real God, follow him. And if it's bow, follow him. Make up your minds. Nobody said a word. Nobody made a move. Then Elijah said, I am, the, I am the only prophet of God left in Israel. And there are 450 prophets of Baal 
Let the bar prophets bring up two oxen and then pick one, butcher it, and lay it out on an altar of firewood. But don't ignite it. I will take the other ox, cut it up, and lay it on the other wood. But neither will I light the fire. Then you pray to your God, and I'll pray to God. The God who answers with fire will prove to be, in fact, God. All the people agree. A good plan. Do it. Elijah told the bar prophets, choose your ox and prepare it. You go first. You are the majority. And pray to your God, but don't light the fire. So they took the ox you have given them, prepared it for the altar, and prayed to Baal. They prayed all morning long. <gasps> oh, Baal, as I was, oh. But nothing happened. Not so much as a whisper of breeze. Desperate, they jumped and stomped on the altar they had made. By noon, Elijah had started making fun of them. Taunting. Call a little louder. He's a god after all. Maybe he's off meditating somewhere or other. Or maybe he's gotten involved in a project. Or maybe he's in Maldives on vacation. Don't suppose he has overslept, do you? And needs to be waked up. New English is woken up. They prayed louder, louder, cutting themselves with swords and knives. A ritual common to them until they were covered with blood. It went on until well past noon. They used every religious trick and strategy they knew to make something happen on the altar. But nothing happened, not so much as a whisper, not a flicker of, of response. Then Elijah told the people, enough of that. It's my turn. Gather around. <laughs> and they gathered. He then puts the altar back together. But by now it was in ruins. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Jacob. Same Jacob to whom God had said, from now on, your name is Israel. He built the stones into the altar in honor of God. And Elijah dug a fairly wide trench around the altar. He laid firewood on the altar, cut up the ox and put it on the wood and said, Fill four buckets with water and drench both the ox and the firewood. Then he said, do it again. And they did it. Then he said, do it again the third time. And they did it the third time. The altar was drenched and the trench was filled with water. <laughs> when it was time for the sacrifice to be offered, Elijah the prophet came up and prayed. Oh God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Make it known right now that you are God in Israel. And I am your servant and that I'm being what I'm being under your orders. Answer me, oh God. Oh, answer me. I reveal to this people that you are God. The true God, and that you are giving these people another chance at repentance. 
immediately the fire of God fell and burned up the offering, the wood, the stones, the dirt, and the water, and even the water in the trench. All the people saw it happen and fell on their faces in awed worship, exclaiming, God is the true God. God is the true God. Elijah told them, grab the bow prophets. Don't let one get away. Grab them. Elijah had them taken down to the brook Kishon, and they massacred the Lord. Elijah said to him, up on your feet, eat and drink. Celebrate. Rain is on the way. I hear it coming. Ahab did it. Got up and ate and drank. Meanwhile, Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bowed deeply in prayer, his face between his knees. Then he said to his young servant, on your feet now, look toward the sea. He went and looked and reported back. I don't see a thing. Keep looking, Elijah said, said Elijah, seven times if necessary. And sure enough, the seventh time he said, oh yes, a cloud, but very small, no bigger than someone's hand rising out of the sea. Quickly then, on your way, tell Ahab, saddle up and get down from the mountain before the rain stops you. Things happen fast. The sky grew black with wind-driven clouds and then a huge cloud burst of rain with Ahab hightailing it in his chariot for Jezreel. And God strengthened Elijah mighty. <laughs> Pulling up his robe and tying it around his waist, Elijah ran in front of Ahab's chariot until they reached Jezreel. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Chapter 19, revenge for Jezebel. They have reported to Jezebel everything that Elijah had, including the massacre of the prophets. Jezebel immediately sent a messenger to Elijah with her threats. The gods will get you for this, and I will, I will get even with you by this time tomorrow. You will be as dead as any one of those prophets. Oh, when Elijah saw how things were, he ran for dear life to Geshem. <laughs> Far in the south of Judah, he left his young servants there. <laughs> and then went on into the desert. Another day's journey. He came to a lone broom bush and collapsed in the shade. Wanting in the worst way to be done with it all, Jojo's died. Enough of this, God. Take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave. Exhausted, he fell asleep under the lone room. Suddenly, an angel shook him awake and said, Get up and eat. Ah, God is kind. He looked around and to his surprise, right by his head where a loaf of bread picked on some coals and a jug of water. He ate the meal and went back to sleep. The angel of God came back, shook him awake, 
are we kicking ourselves? Get up and eat some more. We've got a long journey ahead of He got up, ate and drank his fill, and set out. Nourished by that meal, he walked 40 days and nights all the way to the mountain of God at Horeb. When he got there, he crawled into a cave and went to sleep. Then the word of God came to him. So Elijah, what are you doing here? He replied, I've been working my heart out for the God of the angel armies. The people of Israel have abandoned your covenants, destroyed the places of worship, and murdered your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill. Mm. Then he was to go stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God. But God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind and earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. When Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled his face with his great cloak, went to the mount of the king and stood there. A quiet voice asked, so Elijah, now tell me, what are you doing here? Elijah said it again. I'll be working my heart out for God, the God of the angel because the people of Israel have abandoned your covenant, destroyed your places of worship, and murdered your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me. God said, go back the way you came, through the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Azael, make him king over Aram. Then anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, make him king over Israel. Finally, anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Mehola, to succeed you as prophet. Sakabaya. Ah! Anyone who escapes death by Hazael will be killed by Jehu. And anyone who escapes death by Jehu will be killed by Elisha. <laughs> oh, Pastor used this scripture during one of the other sessions. Meanwhile, I am preserving for myself 7,000 souls. The knees that haven't bowed to the God of Baal. The mouths that haven't kissed his image. Elijah went straight out and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, in a field where they were 12 pairs of yoked oxen at work plowing. Elisha was in charge of the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak over him. Elisha deserted the oxen. Ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I'll follow you. Go ahead, said Elijah, but mind you, don't forget what I've just done to you. So Elijah left, took his yoke of oxen and butchered them. He made a fire with the plow and tackle and then boiled the meat, a true farewell meal for the family. Then he left and followed Elijah, becoming his right-hand man. Praise God forevermore. Oh, I could preach it, like Pastor would say, I could preach a whole month in the scriptures. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. And about to Brother Martins. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brother John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on what part of the world you're connected from at this time. I'd like to say a very big thank you to Esteem System for this great privilege to take us through the affirmation as well as the communion. Praise God. On the screen, you find the affirmation. We'll be affirming, I walk in righteousness, I walk in love, I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. Praise God. I'm making this affirmation five times this morning. Praise be God forevermore. Hallelujah.
In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. Praise God, praise God, praise God. At this point, you'll be going straight into the communion segment. And our text is taken from 1 Corinthians. Our text is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 26 to 28. Praise God forevermore. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples and said, take it, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink all of it, for this is, the blood, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Brothers and sisters, go ahead and take the bread. As we read that scripture today, that Brother John was taking us through, after all that happened, after all the, the prophetic displays, he made an utterance. He said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Saba kasun talabaya. In this month of victory, there was abundance for us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Abundance by the power of God's Spirit. Abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus. Abundance. We have more than enough, more than enough to give, more than enough to sow, more than enough to store. Our bank account is continually running over in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Declare, I have more than enough. I have more than enough. I have more than enough by the power of the Holy Ghost. I live in abundance. I live in abundance. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. Brothers and sisters, you can take the cup now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cup of the everlasting covenant. As we take this cup, as we take this cup, oh, it is for us, wells of abundance, everywhere, everywhere, every investment, both the ones we did and the ones we did not do, it is yielding for us by the power of the Holy Ghost. Abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus' name. You can take the cup now. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Once again, I'd like to say a very big thank you to Estes Tamaka for this great privilege. Thank you so much, ma. And thank you to all our co-hosts. Thank you so much for the investments every day. Praise God. At this point, I'll kindly hand over to Esteem, Pastor Deborah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Esteem co-host. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Today is the 16th of May, 2023. 
And if it's your birthday, the birthday of a loved one, and you love for us to celebrate with you, please come to the chat room and tell us about it so we can celebrate with you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And if this is your first time of joining us and inspired by the word, we would love to welcome you to our midst. So please come to the chat room. Let us know your full name, most state or city you're connected from, if you're connected from within Nigeria. If you're connected from outside Nigeria, we would love to know what nation you're connected from. And of course, who invited you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. Sophia Simeon says, yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday, Sister Sophia. Happy, happy birthday. We love you dearly. Glory to God. Glory to God. Any more birthdays, celebrations, first timers? Sister Adenika Weldy says, today is my brother's birthday. His name is Emmanuel. Happy, happy birthday to your brother, Emmanuel. Happy birthday. We celebrate him. Glory to God. Any more birthdays? Any more birthdays? Any more birthdays? Today is my boy's birthday. His name is Zion. Oh, Sister Grace. Happy, happy birthday to Zion. Happy birthday to Zion. We love him dearly. Glory to God. Prolific Elamo says yes. Elamo says, says yesterday was my was the birthday of my dear sister Damaris. Happy, happy birthday to Sister Damaris. Brother Samson says today is my direct supervisor's birthday. His name is Ekom Akpatang. Happy, happy birthday to your supervisor. Glory to God. Uh, King Lerato says today is my cell member's birthday. Her name is Dakalo. Happy, happy birthday to Dakalo. Glory to God. Brother Nidum says today is my little brother's birthday. Zion, an amazing gentleman. Happy, happy birthday to Zion. Yes, today is my colleague's birthday, says Sister Kikelomo. Her name is Nost Favor Yanolua. Happy birthday. Glory to God. Sister Vanessa says today is my uncle's birthday. His name is Christian. Happy, happy birthday. Okay, we have a first time. Uh, says it's my first time. Uh, my name is Chichi Nelson from Nigeria. Benedicta Best invited me. Oh, would have loved to know what state you're connected from. You are welcome. Sister Chichi Nelson, you are welcome. You are welcome. And we love you dearly. We are glad to have you in our midst. Glory to God. Today is my brother's birthday. His name is Precious Sister Yvonne. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we thank you for every one of our loved ones, oh God, whose birthdays are today, oh God. We thank you for their lives are from glory to glory, from grace to grace, oh God. It's a season of victory for them. Hallelujah. Yes, it's a season, oh God, where they make the right decision decisions if they are yet to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Their lives are an expression of your love, of your kindness. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray most especially for the Sophie in the house of God, whose birthday was yesterday. We thank you, O God, for her life. We thank you, O God, because this month she will indeed experience victories. Yes, every step of the way, victories for her. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God is resting in our heart and in our house, O God. Thank you, precious Father, and for our dear first-timer, Sister Chichi Nelson. 
We thank you, O God, for bringing her here. She grows in grace. She grows, hallelujah, increasing in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as the word settles in our hearts, O God, and builds her up a strong and matured one, O God, for the work of the ministry. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, everyone. Welcome once again, Sister Chichi Samuel. Um, Sister Sophie, you can please reach out to Sister Glennis. And we'll love to celebrate you for that. God bless you all. I love you. Thank you, Sim Stamaka, for this opportunity. I do not take it lightly. It's all over to you, ma. Praise God. Thank you so much, Austin Pastor Deborah. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, esteemed um, family. Always a pleasure to be connected here and welcome, esteemed Mr. Chichi. Happy birthday to all the celebrants. Praise God. Hallelujah. A few announcements. Um, I just want to reiterate the fact that our church meetings supersede this devotion. Um, if you notice, Sister Kelvin Harris has literally been helping me handle Rhapsody of Realities for more than maybe more, up to three months now. Um, except for Saturdays and Sundays. And that's because I have a church um, program that is on. It usually, our church prayer meetings, morning prayer meetings usually will be from 5 to 5.30, that's Monday to Friday. But because of a program that is on, um, it's, it's now from 5 to 6 a.m. So I'm not able to join the devotion until after that program and I have said this again and again in this house. This is not a church. This is a devotion platform. Yes, I know you get a lot from here, but it's not okay for you to abandon your church prayer meeting or your church um, program, whatever the case may be, to come and join here. If at any point in time you have a church program that clashes with any program we're having here inspired by the word, your church program supersedes this and you must be disciplined enough to be where you should be. No one might force you, no one might insist on it, even though we are insisting on it, but this is the best we can do, remind you, but please, because the things that we do, we do unto God, and God is God of order. So follow the right order at every point in time, even if it is not convenient, even if you don't feel like it, is what you should do that you should do. Um, I don't know where people got the idea of convenient Christianity, but as a child, there's a statement I remember my father saying, and it has stayed with me. He said, Christianity is not as convenient, but as commanded. So I've never in my life looked for convenient Christianity. I've never followed God because it was convenient. I've never done the things that I do because it was convenient. I just know that this is what needs to be done. So I'm ready to sacrifice sleep, sacrifice time, sacrifice money, sacrifice anything. You know, we have not even gotten to the point where we have to sacrifice our lives. But if we get there, I'm ready for it. Because the gospel that we receive, people died for it. If you love yourself so much that 
if if push comes to push, you are not ready to give your life for this gospel, then you still are not fully persuaded. Praise God. So please um, take note that we've said this again and again, and please ensure that it is so. Um, secondly, um, Sister um, Desi has reached out to me. She had some templates that she has she had developed. I think one is a meal plan template, and the second one is um, um, a time management template based on the time management class that we had. And she had wanted to share it on my birthday, and then I didn't get to see the message in time. So I want to make the announcement. She will share it inspired by the word, and then um, you can use it as useful as it is to you. Um, praise God. All right. Um, a few days ago, I was talking about um, keeping the back door closed. I have just about six minutes, and I talked about structure. You know, today I want to talk to you about prayers. Um, prayers and love. Remember that in May, May is supposed to be 31 days of love walk, right? And I said I was going to tell you about love for God and love for man, right? And um, Jesus talked about some people that he told to go away, to, be, to leave him, that he does not know them. And he now said that when he was sick, they didn't do anything. When he was hungry, they didn't give him food. When he didn't have a house, they didn't shelter him. When he was in prison, they didn't visit him. He mentioned several cases, and then the people were shocked. They now looked at him. They now said, ah, sir, please, oh, when were you in the hospital? We did not come and visit you. When were you in prison and we did not visit you? When were you hungry and you asked us for food and we did not give you food? They asked him all of those questions. And he said, he said, in so much as you didn't do it for those around you, for the man that you can see, for the people that I placed around you, you didn't do it to me. You know, when I talk about being easily persuaded by the word, you must be easily persuaded by the needs, you must be easily moved by the needs of others. And I know that there are people who take advantage of compassionate people. They just know that uh, if you ask um, Dr. Kelvinary, she will not be able to say no. There are those who might take advantage of it. There are those who will come and lie about a condition to get money from you or get things from you. But don't stop being compassionate. Don't stop helping. Especially the Bible talked about those who in who are in the household of faith, your brothers and your sisters in church. And I said again and again how that, look out. The Bible, um, a pastor will say, God talks to the man who cares. And pastor will always say something, said, may God give you eyes that can see what others cannot see. You know, when I enter a place, one of the first things that happens with me is I see. And when I say I see, I'm not seeing the building. I'm not seeing the chairs. I'm not seeing the tables. I'm not seeing the nice fittings. I'm seeing things that are happening with people. 
when people come to my cell meeting or they join my team, I can see into their lives. I can see into what they are going through. I can see the physical needs. I did share about a lady that came for one of our cell meetings. And I said that for the two or three times that she came, I observed that it seems like she was repeating the same clothes and shoe. And immediately after that meeting, I gathered my, my, my leaders. I said, guys, uh, I need a size. From looking at her, you can tell her dress, her clothes size. I said, I need a size, so, so, and so. I think it was size eight, Pastor Deborah will remember. I need a size eight cloth, lady. How many of you can give me? Pastor Deborah will be one of the people that, that, that gave towards it. And then we found out her shoe size. By the next cell meeting, I think she had more than 10 clothes and like five shoes. There was one person that brought one shoe, another person brought three shoes, another person. The things just came. We didn't have to take out money to buy. I didn't have to do it, but God gave me an eyes that can see. And when I see it, I act. That's even something physical. Are you able to tell when your members are going through certain things? Now I'm even talking about a physical meeting where you see your members every week. Maybe you see them on Sundays and during cell meetings. Are you able to tell? Are you able to look beyond the smile and know that something is happening on the outside, on the inside? And why the place of prayer? Because see, when certain members go through challenges, their natural course is to withdraw. They withdraw from the family. And that's a strategy of the enemy. Because when, when, when the, the lion, when he sees that the herd, they are together, he cannot attack because the lion is afraid of the bull. But when he sees that one, maybe that sheep, that goat, that bull, no matter how big the animal is, when that animal separates himself from the herd, he goes, he, they, they know that that one is a target. So they will wait for the head to go away. It will fight away a bit beyond defense for this one that has separated himself. And then they hit that one. And that's what happens with many Christians. When they separate themselves from church, when they separate themselves from unbeliever, sometimes the devil goes after them and then it seems like there's no return. Say this lady used to be in church. That brother used to be in church. See now he walks in a club. See now she's doing this. But that lady had a cell leader. She had a cell leader that let her go. When I taught you about structure a few days ago, I talked about accountable structures. And I taught you how keep the number to five. The leader, the friendship circle leader, and four members. So one person is looking out for four people. You cannot tell me that you don't know where they are. You cannot tell me that they, are, they, they, they were not in church and you did not know. You cannot tell me that they were not connected for a meeting and you did not know. Just four people. So leaders, you must put that structure in place where there's accountability for every soul. Jesus made a boast. He said, of all that you gave me, I lost none, except the son of perdition. Trust me, it was not the 120, it was not the 70. He was not taking count of 70 people and 120 people and all those people every day. He had a structure. Maybe the disciples were, were in charge, were, were made leaders. We can see it from Bible days because God of heaven made Moses. You remember the story? Moses had to divide the people into different numbers and put team leaders over them. If God will not come in human flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, you can tell that he did something like that. And that's where our cell system came from. 
That's where the whole cell system came from, keeping the numbers where they are team captains for every number. We must be accountable. So in the place of prayer, maybe the member has even insulted you and tell you, brother Edwin, leave me alone. I'm not doing again. What is your problem? I said, I don't want to do now. Is it by force? Hey, you say, ah, sister, sorry, 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 sorry. Don't, I don't want you to shout, sorry. But you go back to her and say, hey, sister, you must do. You must do. He said, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you bring out all those Pauline prayers. I hope people have not forgotten the Pauline prayers. We used to pray here every day as an affirmation. Take out those prayers and begin to declare. Begin to declare words. Call the person's name. Declare that they are, they are rooted in God's love. They understand the depth, the height, the width, and the breadth of God's love. Declare that they walk in wisdom and understanding. They are strengthened with might in their inner man. They don't grow weary. They are never tired of God and tired of Christianity. They keep loving God again and again. Declare that they are easily persuaded by God's word. They, they go after God's word, the word of the word. They want God's perfect will. You declare these things and that's what you use in prayer. You call their name in your room. You summon them in the realm of the spirit and you tell them how they should behave. Then suddenly you see one sister that, but Edwin, I'm sorry, sir. Sorry about that, 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 the way I spoke to you on, on Wednesday, sir. Okay, sir, I wanted to ask you, you know that I've been in the cell, I've not been doing anything. What do you want me to do? And then you just be smiling because you know what you did. Somebody else will now, after the place, a brother, a friend that was standing beside you, now say, ah, bros, wait, wait, wait. Now that sister be that. And now the sister be that. You know what you did inside. So brothers and sisters, there's no such a thing as I lost the person. There's no such a thing as it did not happen. It did not work. Not in our kingdom. We have so many weapons we can use. Praise God. So brothers and sisters, um, you know why I'm talking about the back door? We don't have problem with first timers. But a lot of time, there's, there's no significant growth or no growth at all because the back door is left open. And don't be the reason for people leaving church. Please, don't be the reason. There's great consequence. Don't be the reason why people left church. You know, oftentimes I meet a lot of people who were offended by a pastor, offended by a leader, offended by this and that and that. Some of those offenses are really genuine. They will break anybody's heart. Don't be the reason why somebody left church, please. No matter what anybody does to you, always remember that God also cares about that person that you met. No matter how terrible the person's attitude is, there was a time your attitude was so terrible, but somebody didn't give up on you. Say, Astamata, me, I was raised in a nice household. I've always been a good person. Uh, thank God that righteousness in the kingdom is not the righteousness of man. God also qualified you. So, brother, sister, have mercy on the brethren and ensure that you lose no one. And anyone that comes to your group, ensure that you have a structure that keeps them. And by example, let your life be so inspiring that it makes them stay. Beyond anything that you say or do, let them have the testimony of your life that you are truly a Christian. You are not an eye service leader that wants to hit targets using human beings and does not care about them. I've heard such comments a lot about certain leaders. 
my leader just wants to hit targets. He does not care about me. He doesn't care about us. Don't be described as such. Praise God. I want to thank you all for joining today's devotional article. And God needs you. God needs you. You might just be that one person, that reason why somebody did not commit suicide, that reason why somebody didn't walk out on God. Be that strong one. Be that one. The world that we live in is so much in need of heroes. Be one of them. Be one of them. Stand out in your leadership. Stand out in your communication, in your friendship, in your relationship as a Christian. Be that one who gives hope. Be that one who communicates the love of Christ. Treat the security man right. Treat the house girl right. Treat the driver right. Don't treat them like they don't count. Else your gospel be ineffective. Let the driver feel loved for the first time in his life. Let the gate man, the security man who nobody seems to recognize, let him know that God loves him because he experienced love from you. What's the problem if you cook every day and you give the security man, even if it's just one meal, you say, I will pay them salary. I beg they should find something to eat. If you can give them food, give them food. Beyond the salary that you pay, Many of you, you know, if you are paid that salary, you cannot survive in that country. So why are you boasting about the salary that you are paying them? Is it not just minimum wage? My brothers and my sisters, if there's no expression to your Christianity, it's worthless. The Bible says, for God so loved that he came. It was love that made God come and it was love for man that he gave. So your love must be expressed in giving. And let God love through you. Let God give through you. That's how you enter into the ministry of giving. It's, a, it's powered by compassion. It's powered by compassion. If you're not a compassionate person, you cannot function in the grace of giving. Something triggers it. Something makes the grace work. It's compassion. Heavenly Father, we thank you because... We, will be, we are all that you want us to be. And as your word comes to us on a daily basis, we are being metamorphosed into the picture of us that you have. And we are the outstretched arm to the hurting world. We express your love, your peace, your grace, your prosperity. And Christianity is beautiful in the eyes of many because they came in contact with us. So we need always be in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, esteemed co-host. Thank you, esteemed family. I'd like us to meet our mics and share the benediction. Thank you for the extra time you gave me. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Glory. 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 Glory.